Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Feminism Ruins Everything. We are the feminist podcast where we give critiques to movies, musicals, and pop culture phenomena and potentially ruin them. Potentially. Uh, We would like to acknowledge that we are recording today's podcast on stolen Ghana land. We would like to acknowledge all elders, past, present, and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Friends, we are so excited because not only are Ellis and myself here in the room today, we are actually having... What I think is maybe our most populous episode ever. Have mm. we ever had four people on an episode before? No, we have not one special guest, but two. But two. Um, guests, hi, welcome, introduce yourselves. Uh, hi, I'm Kirsty. Uh, you might remember me from Feminism Ruins Everything's critique of Heathers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the active listener in the background. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I, I am M. I am Kirsty's equal significant half. Um, that's it. That's my whole personality. It just revolves around Kirsty. Uh, that's at least that's what... too. <laughs> Mim. It's like a, it's like you know twenty percent. <laughs> hey, we'll take it. We are Mim's best lesbians. That, that is correct. Yeah. I'd I'm, like to apologise to all my other lesbians. I'm, so, uh, yeah, I'm starting to assume only lesbians <laughs> at this point. Um, I have not seen evidence that suggests otherwise. Headline, Sims only has two lesbian friends. I thought you were going to say headline lesbians. Not <laughs> with a question about lesbians. <laughs> you're, no, I mean, like, you're, you know, like you go to like a festival or something, you have all the supporting lesbians, and then you have the headline lesbians. Where the headline lesbians? Them. And then I are the headline lesbians. lesbians. Yeah. Yeah. And very appropriate, because today we are talking about... Um, the recent movie based on a Broadway musical based on real life events. Which you just found out about today. Which I just found out about today. The Prom, um, with like a main feature of that storyline, is that it's about a lesbian couple who are barred from going to prom. And so, you know, it feels appropriate to have my favourite lesbians stay in on this discussion. Thanks I'm so sorry, lovely. do you feel tokenized right now? Nah. Maybe. Look, someone Should has it? to be. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you're going to do it, I'd rather you do it in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're one of those cool lesbians. I'm one of those cool so lesbians. <laughs> Not like your regular lesbians. So, uh, The Prom is a film that like just came out last week on Netflix, directed by Ryan Murphy, starring James Corden, Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, uh, Andrew Reynolds, Keegan-Michael Keyes, Kerry Washington... And they're the people who are names. There are other people in it as well. That don't have names. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> not gonna lie, I can't remember. All I could think the, of was the credits. Ben are just a long list of yeah. anonymous. <laughs> no, all, all that was going through my head when I was doing that list was "Don't say the bullet." <laughs> the bullet. <laughs> so, for context, Ariana Du Bois, who is 
Alyssa in the prom um, is, was also in the original cast of Hamilton on Broadway and she played the role in the ensemble of The Bullet, who's the ensemble character that has an interaction with every character right before they die, which is, like, sick. Um, and a personal favourite aspect of Hamilton. Of <laughs> Kirstie's. <laughs> um, the Bullet. But, the Bullet. Uh, yeah, so when we forget the character's name, we just refer to her as the Bullet. And now that I know her last name, she is Bullet Du Bois. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Cutest thing happened last week. The four of us, plus some extra friends of ours, all went to see the prom in cinemas because I believe it had like a tiny, tiny, tiny cinematic release just so it could be eligible for awards. But because it was produced oh, by Netflix, it like why? pretty much went straight to Netflix. But they I were like, was wondering. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> I think that's why. Who <laughs> made the decision to do that? But because everyone was like, "Want well, to wait to see it on Netflix rather than pay for it," our friend group was literally the only people in the cinema. Yeah. Which was great because we made a raucous. We were rowdy. <laughs> we, we were rowdy. And rowdy. also because even though Ellis was sitting really far away from me, I could still yell insults at him from, <laughs> yeah. uh, from across. I made the many. Room audible comments during that entire movie. Yeah. Um, I have no recollection of what happened. <laughs> really? Excellent. Okay, so the prom. It is about two girlfriends, Emma and Alyssa, who are dating, but they are in the closet. Uh, Emma is out and proud. Uh, Alyssa is still hidden. Uh, Emma wants to take her girlfriend, Alyssa, to the prom uh, and is told, no, you can't be homosexual in public at a dance that'll be bad for the other kids um and it's really sad and the school board decides to cancel prom rather than have an inclusive prom Mm -hmm. so emma and subsequently Alyssa are very upset about it and the whole school is upset about it cut across to new york where some washed up old broadway actors uh open a show and it fails it does not go well for them and they're all sitting around drinking and they think, right, do you know what will save our careers? Being performative activists. <laughs> <laughs> and so they look on the internet and they think, what can we uh, care about? Um, and some of the things that they care about are, uh, include recycling and uh, the fact that there are far too many award shows. And then Nicole Kidman uh, looks on her Twitter feed and she goes, oh, this girl in Indiana, her prom was cancelled. We should care about that. So they decide to care about that. And then they get in a bus um, and they sing their way down to Indiana um, and then they cause a disruption. They're very disruptive when they get They are very disruptive um, at this girl's high school and hilarity ensues. (laughs) (laughs) I really thought you were just going to go through every scene in the movie. (laughs) Like, I've set up the and premise. Then this happened, and then that happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. On this page happened. thirty-six of the script, you will find that. And uh, in this scene, uh, Meryl Streep was wearing <laughs> a yellow cape and some sexy black boots. <laughs> I privileged the freaking costumes in this movie. Incredible! Oh, like that costumes. costume budget must have. So many so, sequins. So many sequins. So many colors. So yeah. many multicolored blazers. Yeah. This movie had a hell of a budget. Um, Em, you looked up what this story was based on. Do you want to give us a s- short history lesson about where this storyline came from? Yes, absolutely. Um, so this, the prom is based on something that happened to an actual girl called Constance McMillan from Mississippi. Um, 
basically the events of the movie happened to her. She wanted to take her girlfriend to prom and it got cancelled. Uh, and then they were forced to hold the inclusive prom, which consisted only of her. Um, that actually that actually happened oh, to, wow. to a real girl. Uh, how awful is that? That's horrific. Mm, that is absolutely horrific. Bad. Um, but unfortunately, there weren't four glamorous Broadway stars to help her out. Because <laughs> uh, what, en- what ended up happening was she sued. She sued, I don't know exactly, I'm not sure if it's like the school board or the school administration, some kind yeah. of higher up a government. But she sued them and she got a $35,000 payout. Mm. Which, like... Thanks for the money, but doesn't really fix the problem. Yeah, does it? Like it's just you still scarred me. Like it's a it's a band aid on a much more serious issue that allowed it to happen in the first place. Yeah, Um, and she didn't. The inclusive prom wasn't a thing. Like the one, like the actual inclusive prom, the one that right at the end that didn't happen. That was just for the the sake of entertainment. What actually happened was she got bullied so much she had to move schools. That's awful. That is awful. Um, she she did go into activism. She did fight for for who she was. Um, I think kind of forced. I think like the real Emma uh, in the in the movie, she didn't want to do that, but she did because she felt like she had to. Um, but now, thankfully, she lives a very private life. I don't think many people know what's happening with her at the moment, but I think she's just living her best gay life now. That's Amazing. what I can assume. That's what I hope for her. Yeah. Um sorry that that happened to you. That's a really shit thing. That's really, really mm. shit. It's really shit. Uh, but now we get to watch it for our entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> and um, talk about it on our podcast. And talk about it on podcast, yeah. Yeah. So like, um I suppose that this um musical and also subsequently film based on the musical was quite significant in that it shows a lesbian love story which mm-hmm. is like something that is very underrepresented in musical theater mm. like um i'm pretty sure that alison bechtel in fun home was the first lesbian protagonist in a musical mm-hmm. and that was like 2014 15 yeah 2015 yeah so um, um does that make emma the second yeah probably. probably emma might be the second yeah yeah but like lesbian storylines in Broadway musical theatre, and also just in broader media generally, mm. not heaps represented. Mm. So, let's dive into like the queer representation in this film. Um, queer folk? How do we... <laughs> <laughs> There's three queers. How do we feel? But, well, uh, Andrew Reynolds is um, not deliberately said yes or no. Not confirmed on the night, not confirmed so we can't so we put have, her in on the list. three confirmed queers. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of queers uh, compared to uh, most, uh, media. most media. Yeah. Um, and all leads, mm-hmm. like all absolute protagonists, like the story wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the yeah. queers. Like the whole story is yeah. about queers. So queer representation, tick. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> it's there. So the, the, the characters are, there's Emma and Alyssa, mm-hmm. obviously. And the third character is Barry, who is played by James Corden. And they are one of the Broadway stars who kind of comes in and kind of acts as a bit of a mentor figure to Emma, being like, well, I've kind of experienced similar things, and I want to make your life a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. 
I something that kind of bothered me a little bit in this film, and I would be interested to hear your respective perspective. Respective perspectives, that rhyme. Um, so proud of yourself. Thank you so much. I'm a lyricist. Um, something that bothered me was the fact that, you know, the overarching premise of this storyline is that there is a lesbian couple who aren't allowed to go to prom. And um, I just felt like for something that's centred around that idea, we saw so little of them as a couple together. Like, Tell me about it. Like, we knew nothing about hmm. their love story. We didn't know how they met or how they fell in love or even, right. like, what they liked about one mm. another it was i wanted so much more yeah. out of that uh they said in the movie that they had been dating for a year and a half now i don't know about y'all's relationships <laughs> at a year and a half in a relationship you'd be kissing even if like th there are moments where they are alone mm. no one else is around they're holding hands they're singing about dancing with each other like not even just a peck mm. like I know at one point they are interrupted by Alyssa's mother arriving in the car. That's understandable. That's been done a million times before, but understandable why they wouldn't kiss there. But there's so many other opportunities where just like a little kiss on the cheek goodbye or hello or something. And it's, they don't kiss until the very end of the movie. And Kirsty and I got into a little bit of an argument about this <laughs> last night, actually, because I am so over a kiss being the penultimate thing in a relationship you know like literally the last song builds up right to the end and then they kiss and it's wow incredible and like i understand because Kirstie got mad at me because she was like yeah but like they're in public now they're out and they're proud and like that's the point and i was like yeah but also Mm, the first time that they've kissed in the movie is right at the end i think it's representative of the fact that they've been in the closet the whole time so like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like building up. You know what I mean? It's like, mm. it's like, oh, this like tension. And then at the end, it's finally released and they can kiss and it's in public. And so it makes it even more special that you haven't seen that like really intimate side of their relationship because yeah. it really, at the end, is such a celebration. Yeah. But I also feel like because they don't have any, like, obviously they have like some physical contact, but like because they don't really... Um, physically act like a couple for most of the film i don't feel like it's even that believable that they're in love like i didn't feel particularly like invested in yeah, the two of them like i didn't feel like their chemistry was kind of there i, I guess yeah. you start kind of wondering like is it a case of they're the only two gay people in their school and so they've kind of come together out of you're the only other person that i'm compatible with therefore we are a thing and i think if you start mm questioning that kind of idea in this what's supposed to be a really earnest love story i think something's mm. kind of gone wrong in the telling mm. of it mm. and that circles back to the fact that it's supposed to be a lesbian love story and we hardly see them yeah we don't mm. get to fall in love with their love yeah because uh the spotlight is on other people yes yeah which is one of the big gripes that I had of this film was the fact that, um, you know, we have this whole plotline B of the Broadway stars who come to Indiana to try and save Emma um, to salvage their careers. And, you know, the 
the supposed critique of them is like, oh, you're taking attention away from the real issue. Mm. And by actually having these characters in the film, they take attention away from the real <laughs> issue. Yeah, it's so like, meta. It's so meta. <laughs> did they do it on purpose? Or did they just think Broadway stars? That's, that is a question. I, I guess, like, I mean, to me, you kind of read this idea of, like, here are these people from New York, which is much more liberal than somewhere mm. like Indiana. And so it's like having that liberal influence coming into the quote-unquote backwater town. But even then, it's it's far more overpowering of what the narrative should be about. Let's explore the fact that of the three queer characters that we see, two of them have like fraught relationships with their parents. Like We see that Emma has been living with her grandma since coming out because her parents like disowned her. And we see that James Corden's character... Barry. Bar- his name is Barry. Barry. His name is Barry. <laughs> um, has not spoken to his parents in decades um, because of his coming out. Um, but also we... but also Alyssa's character also has a little bit of a... Oh, yeah. Strange yeah, relationship with her mum. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. It's not a pure disownment it's not like a kicking out of the mm. house but it's still tensions are high there i wouldn't be surprised if emma's coming out scenario uh put more fear into Alyssa mm. about coming mm. out that's a good point but yeah. also like Alyssa's mum is head of the pta who's mm. been like we can't have lesbians at yeah. prom yeah. like she's been like Alyssa, Alyssa yeah. has knows a lot of she... reasons to be scared yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, who knows how long that uh, Kerry Washington has been spewing that. Not Kerry Washington <laughs> yeah. herself. Like, I don't know Washington is not The one <laughs> character's name I don't know. Alyssa's mum. Mrs. Green. The Bullet's mum. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. The Bullet's mum. Mrs. The Bullet mum. Um, I want to get your perspective on something, guys, because mm. um, I was talking to another friend of mine. Um, who is also a gay woman. That's right. I have more than two lesbian friends. Mm, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> and, well, what I'm about to say, it definitely didn't come from a straight person's mouth, so you'd be like, okay, that, I'm sure that person exists. Checks out. Um, but what she was saying was that um, she feels like the, the coming out story and coming out being difficult and like mm. coming out ending in tragedy is such a tired narrative Mm. for queer stories and and was like kind of over it can we just have some queer love stories that like end in happiness so that queer people can see their lives and be like represented in media and be like hey i actually have a chance for my life to be great not to end in tragedy like what are you on that well the prom kind of shows three different versions Mm. of, of uh coming out to parents so we got barry's character who came out, uh, parents wanted to send him to therapy to change him, that's what he says, and he decides to run away before they even had the chance to Mm -hmm. kick him out. Um, But then, decades later, actually gets an apology from his mother and gets to reconcile with her, um, which is something that you don't usually hear of. People only really hear... The, I kicked out, I got kicked out, and then I haven't seen my parents in forever. They don't see, like, the resolution mm. of that. And then there's Emma, who got 
kicked out by her parents and now lives with her grandma and there's never any resolution with that at least not in the movie mm. um who knows what happens after the credits roll in the future for those characters obviously we'll never know yeah uh but the way the movie ends is we never see her parents we hear about them like three times maybe um but then that that's just it she just lives her life and she's okay um, she's a tough kid. And then there's Alyssa, who, spoiler alert, comes out at the end of the movie. <laughs> wow. Um, in front of her mum, in front of everyone. Um, and her mum is, at first, shooketh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, like, leaves, and Alyssa is in tears. But then, right at the very end of the movie, the prom, the inclusive, the actual inclusive prom is happening. And in walks Alyssa's mum in the most stunning glittery oh, dress. Oh, oh yeah. I want the dress. I want it the dress. It was extra. And that just really shows her. I wouldn't. I don't want to say coming around because she does. I can't remember what she says at that point. Basically, it's one of those. I don't fully understand this, but I love you regardless. Mm. You are the most important thing in the world to me, mm. and that does not change. Which um, is a massive turnaround for her. Which is a massive turnaround for her, considering how she was in the beginning of the movie, yeah. where she was like, it's an abomination. Yeah. Mm. She was like, um, gays are tearing our country apart. Yeah. So, like, long story short, they have a pretty good representation of those three types mm. of stories mm. that you see. Um, would it have been nice if one of them was like a, mum, dad, I'm gay, and they're like, woohoo! Uh, <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Grandma <laughs> was down with it. Yeah, Grandma, grandma, was, grandma, grandma was down, was down with, with it. it. So we do have that. Grandma um, was immediately like, mm. I love you and I cannot believe that my own daughter mm. threw you away like trash. Yeah. Mm. Um, I also believe that she didn't exist in the Broadway version. Like, I think they've like mentioned Emma lives with her grandma, but I don't think she appears on the stage the way she does in the movie. How upsetting. Yeah. The grandma's an icon. She's integral to <laughs> Emma's life. Yeah, and we don't. I guess I would have loved if she had a solo song. Yeah, cut Nicole Kidman's <laughs> song. Cut Nicole Kidman out. Give Grandma more screen time. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag give Grandma a solo. Let's get, <laughs> get a trendy. Just for Grandma. Justice, Justice for Grandma. For grandma. <laughs> um, something that I feel like has come up a lot as a consistent critique of this film is the fact that um, James Corden in the role of Barry is not only a straight man playing a queer man but perhaps more offensively a British man playing an American with a really poor accent. Oh, it is atrocious <laughs> to say the least. But I kind of want to delve into the like appropriateness and um the stance on, you know, people acting outside of their sexuality. Like, how do, how do we feel about that across the board? I just think that putting... I agree that queer people should play queer people to an extent, but I also believe that actors are actors. Mm. And um, for queer people... To be able to play straight roles, straight people should also be allowed to play queer roles, and that they just should people should just be able to play the role that they fit in. Um, 
and that we shouldn't have divides of like your sexuality matters when it comes to acting because it doesn't mm. if you can play the role you should play the role I 100% agree with that and, but I would also like to add that I feel like if actual gay people and actual mm. queer people and actual trans people um, I was going to say black people but I'm like mm. we are not allowed to fake that anymore that is not okay <laughs> Um, those people will give more accurate depictions oh, yeah. of the characters mm-hmm. that they yeah. play. Absolutely. Um, if I was put in front of a camera and told to act as a straight person, oh boy, it would be a laugh. Um, <laughs> I would have no idea what I was doing. I would need severe guidance. Um, no, you're just not a very good actor. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend to like you. <laughs> Brutal burn. Um, no, I, it would just—it would just be a better experience. Not to say that straight people could play straight people and gay people should only play gay people. Trans should only play trans. That one's a little different. Mm. That is probably because that's to do. Mm, I don't know. That's a topic. Well, I um, was gonna bring up uh, a video essay of um, Jordan Raskopoulos's that I watched a little while ago, who is um, a trans woman who is probably most well-known for being in Access of Awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she um, made this video essay about uh, the situation where um, Hugh Sheridan was going to play Hedwig in Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Mm. which is... um, you know, a trans story and was going to be portrayed by a cis man. And so many people um, spoke up and were like, hey, this isn't all right. I like this should be played by a trans actor. And fortunately, um, man- the production company and the creative team like took that on board and they were like, hey, we're going to postpone until we can um, cast appropriately, mm-hmm. which is like sick, mm-hmm. great um, job listening to um, constructive criticism um, but what Jordan was saying in her video was the fact that yes I do think that all people should be able to play trans roles and all trans people should be able to play cis roles but at the moment um, trans people don't get the opportunity mm. to play cis roles like um, so when there are roles that are right for them to play because of by virtue of being transgender then those need to be exclusively kept for trans people until mm. we actually have parity mm. in representation mm. across the board and I, I was like damn like that. that's good I, yeah i like that I, I i feel really scared to have thoughts about that sort of stuff because i'm not trans mm-hmm. um but at the same time i also i understand that feeling because um I identify as female, but I don't associate myself with like very feminine terms. Like I hate being called lady, ma'am, but I really like things like sir and being called king and stuff like that. I really identify with like masculine terms and stuff. And also in saying that masculine character roles and stuff like that mm. when I'm doing, when I am doing musical theater or mm. plays or anything like that, I want to be able to play male roles because that's what I'm comfortable in. Mm. Um, but that's just not something that's really done mm. in today's society. Yeah. Maybe one day, uh, yeah. let's hope for the future that, uh, mm. 
equality for all yeah. in the arts. I think the idea of just playing the role that you're right for mm-hmm. is a futuristic idea of a society that we would ideally love to live in. But right now, uh, queer people aren't being cast, and so therefore, if there is a queer role, they absolutely should be cast. And I wrote this note uh, in watching the movie last night, and this was in reference to the straight people holding their own prom and excluding Emma. <laughs> and it was, everything always belongs to fucking Give it some sass. straight people. <laughs> and uh, maybe queer roles shouldn't belong to straight people too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. I think also um, something that I've seen a few people like take issue with is the fact that it seems like James Corden was like, I'm playing a gay character, so here are all of my like stereotypical gay affectations. Darling, um, yeah, I wear makeup, me, yeah. I, know how, how, I know how to dress you. Mm, we're doing a lot of like, you can't see because it's an audio medium, but we're doing a lot of like fancy hands right now. <laughs> Please just visualise that, listeners. Like, like, we're, like we're trying to get you to kiss our hand like we're the queen, mm. like enchanté. Mm. It's like really casual voguing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The film does have a lot of stereotypes in it. Like we are saying, uh, Barry is very camp, which mm-hmm. is such a stereotypical gay male quality. Um, and also Emma dresses exactly how you'd expect a 17-year-old lesbian to dress. Um, <laughs> that beanie. Oh, the beanie. The beanie. The, less the um, beanie. The short, the cropped bob. Um, you know, just... The cardigans. The cardigans. The cardigans. Wearing a suit to prom, like a vintage baby blue suit, like mwah, delicious. It was a sharp suit. suit it was, was a sharp suit. Was suit. real cute. Yeah. Um, but that's really like a stereotype. Like lesbians like to dress like men. Um, but then again, stereotypes are based in fact half the time. Um, there is a reason stereotypes uh, exist. Hell, I love to dress like men. Yeah, I was, I was say literally say just M. saying how much <laughs> I love pretending to be a man <laughs> without actually being a man. Um, but that that's a stereotype, and I fit into that box, and I'm okay with it. Um, and I can imagine a 17-year-old queer girl, bi girl, lesbian, watching this film... And seeing herself in Emma mm. because of the similar stereotypical qualities mm. that they may share. Um, and yes, stereotypes have the power to be harmful and malicious, but they're not always evil. Sometimes they can be a good thing. And um, I'm, yeah. I'm like, there's nothing about malicious about lesbians rocking a good beanie, right? No, <laughs> absolutely not. She That's was not just malicious. dressed cool. But then you have Alyssa, who's such a femme. Oh, she's such a femme. Icon. She looks absolutely stunning. Mm. Um, and, like, she shows up in this, like, beautiful pink glittery dress. Oh. And she's got, like, her long hair flowing everywhere. Um, and I think that femme representation of lesbian is also good and is also there. Mm. Yeah, we mm. have we have the whole spectrum. <laughs> the whole spectrum of lesbianism. Uh, it's almost like your sexuality does not determine how you dress. No. They both had their own stereotypes, mm. but they were two 
different stereotypes yeah. of, of lesbianism. Does the fact that Alyssa was, quote-unquote, one of the cool kids, like she was a cheerleader and mm. she was on the debate team and kind of everybody, mm. she was popular and everybody liked her, do you think that that is important to represent as well? So it's not just the kind of, like... Like, Emma was a bit, like, of a on the fringe of, of mm. high school and, and a bit, like... Kooky. Different and kooky. <laughs> Do you think it's important to also represent the fact that it could be anyone? It could be the most popular girl in school. Oh, absolutely. Lesbians can be cool as well. Lesbians <laughs> can be cool! Um, you can find us anywhere. Um, we will crawl into your homes. We're like, we're like little bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yes, normal people can also be lesbians, <laughs> and lesbians can also be normal people. I mean... You heard it here first, lesbians. <laughs> you too can aspire to be just like everyone else. Join today! <laughs> In all seriousness, it's uh, good to see um, just like the popular girl as a lesbian. Like, just normalise mm. the fact that... Uh, you know, you can be all these things and also be queer and it doesn't define you either way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Also, in a in a happy turn of events, both of the actors who play Alyssa and Emma are both queer women. Mm. Yes, rock on. Rock. That's, that's good shit. Rock on. <laughs> rock on. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I don't think we've done nearly enough work in... Uh, normalizing uh, gay men's roles. I feel like every gay man I see in every movie is camp. Like, mm. yeah, mm. I, that's just, a stereotype. I am willing to uh, pump the brakes on a little. Yeah. Bit. Um, oh my god, because it, it can be used maliciously. That and, one. and it has been used maliciously quite frequently in a the past. A lot, mm. absolutely, um, and even. The gay Christmas film we just watched, like the there was lesbians in it and they were normal people, and the gay man was so camp. Mm. It's I'm bored. I'm bored of it. <laughs> Give me a different gay man character. I want to see. An, <laughs> I want to see just a normal guy who doesn't speak with a stupidly high pitched voice and a floppy hand. Um, be gay. I, I mean, if you if you are a gay man and you have a high pitched voice and floppy hands, like power to you. Power to you. you. Absolutely. Do not but, stop being you. Yeah, mm. but also like <laughs> that's not the only yeah. gay man that exists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have seen movies where there have been um, 
different versions of the gay man, <laughs> um, I guess is a way to say that. But not enough. Yeah, absolutely. N- not enough for my liking. Mm. N- not enough that I could name five off the top of my head right now. Mm. I couldn't even name three. Actually. I can't think of any. <laughs> I'm really trying. Uh, fourth Man Out is a really good representation, representation oh, yeah, that is good film. Of, yeah, um, okay. of a gay man and his relationship with his friends. Um, I highly recommend that movie mm-hmm. uh, to all you gays out there. <laughs> uh, it, uh, it should still be on Netflix. Um, but that's that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head right now. Mm. And that's that's really depressing, actually. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of men, because it's a feminist podcast, <laughs> and there's not enough men. We never talk about men enough. Never. Um, don't you feel underrepresented, Ellis, the one man around this table? I have nothing to say yes, about this Yes, good call, whatsoever. good call. Very wise. Um, speaking of men, a character that I really adore in this film and who I think is just um, a good role model on so many fronts is the principal of the school. Tom Hawkins. Um, so he's played by mm. Key Michael Key. Oh, a blessing. A legend. Can sing. Wonderful. He can sing. Yeah. He can sing well <laughs> enough to be in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Would yeah. I call him a singer? Yeah. No. Not. <laughs> but I mean, we did skip his song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, it's so, so slow. Boring. It's so slow. So this character is a blessing. Um, on many fronts, I think the, the main takeaway for me that I thought was a really good example set by him was like really strong allyship. Mm. Um, Absolutely. Because he yeah. is not queer, mm. but is there he's the principal of the school and he's there supporting Emma the entire time. Like when the is it the PTA? The PTA yeah. Yeah. want to cancel the prom. He's like, Hey, we're gonna sort this out. Got my attorney on the mm. phone, we're gonna have this big discussion about mm. it. Like, I'm not standing for this, mm. I'm gonna support you. But also very much as like um, checking in with her constantly going yeah. If ever you don't want to go through with this, like just let me know. Like I want to, I don't want to push you outside of what you're comfortable mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. And I thought um, the big takeaway from for me for his character was how much of a good ally he was mm-hmm. to her. Absolutely. E- even when the the Broadway actors kind of burst in, he the first thing he says to them is like, "Hi, I'm a huge fan. Can you back off, please? Because you're making things worse." And yeah. he puts aside his own feelings towards. Meryl Streep specifically to be like you are harming the cause right now can mm. you please ease off so that we can sort this out the correct way and, mm. and the proper way and the way that best benefits Emma yeah he's a good man he's, he's just a good man and I, I like there's a whole bunch of representation in this which I think is wonderful but I just want to point out that me as a straight man who loves musical theatre was finally represented <laughs> In a in a big budget. I am thing. so happy for you, Ellis. <laughs> Ellis, this is this is a real big moment. This is for huge. You. I'm not, like, yes, it's a joke and a bit of a meme, but also genuinely, when he was mm. up there and he's like, "I'm straight and I like musical theatre," I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> it's one of his only two passions. It yeah. was <laughs> no, it was just so refreshing to see a man and just be like, "Oh, you're good. Mm-hmm. Mm. You're a good, good character." 
who is putting other people ahead of yourself and is so caring and loves musical theatre. Mm. And straight? Yeah, and is so like solidified in his straightness and nothing that he does to uh, be an ally towards the homosexual communities or love Broadway changes that mm. in any way. He is like, yep, I'm a straight man. Uh, I'm an ally. I love musical theatre and I love Meryl Streep. And yeah. I don't think yeah. you're describing Elvis Dolan. You, you just described Elvis <laughs> Dolan. <laughs> I'm so excited you get to end up with Meryl Streep, Ellen. Me too. <laughs> I, actually, I, I, I kind of want to tie it now that we've brought yeah. it up. So going back to the whole big kiss between mm. Emma and Alyssa. The uh, bullet. The bullet. Being the kind of the climax of the film. I thought that what they were going for was that they weren't showcasing any kind of physical intimacy with any character up until that moment. Because I'm mm. like, oh, that would be the, the one piece of, of intimacy that you really have in the film. Which I thought was really undercut by the fact that he and Meryl Streep kiss like a minute before they do. I agree. And so the first kiss that we see in the film isn't between our... Our, our heroines. Our heroines. It's between this kind of like subplot, mm. which I didn't mind as much as... You guys I seem just to have found the pairing icky. I don't I, know why. I couldn't see I past the age difference. Um, I know when you get to that age, it doesn't really matter. But like Meryl Streep's character, like, was just like, this you could is tell so her age. stupid. Mm. But like, she's just got all these like wrinkles, and his skin's just so tight. <laughs> <laughs> I think the reason that I was like. N- not invested in them actually being a couple. I was like, oh, when it was like flirty and cute, I was like, that's wholesome. It won't lead anywhere mm. because, you know. Um, but I couldn't get past the fact that he was actually a genuinely good person and she was just a, a narcissist. Yeah, not so much. No. <laughs> and like, sh- he was like having to teach her how to be like, this yeah. is how you do a selfless act. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Good. yeah. Also, good like, way for the like privileged white woman to use the high school principal black man as like your rehab for your personality. <laughs> right. Like, right at the end, I love the line like, she says to Barry, which is like, "Don't let me ruin him." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Honey, I think you already did." <laughs> <laughs> but Keegan Michael Key is also like this shining beacon of loveliness that and I don't positive think anything. Masculinity. I don't think anything can ruin him. He's just so wholesome and he pure. He is good. He is a good guy. No, I've the character or the actor at this a point. A little from column A and a little <laughs> from column We've got to be aware that people who are very sweet like that can often be very walked over by narcissists. Mm. And uh, speaking from experience. he's not like, he's beautiful and is so kind. And that's why Meryl Streep would just walk all over him. Yeah. <laughs> like, and takes and advantage of him. It's a, a very uneven mental load in the relationship yeah. for him to always have to watch her, uh, her behaviour and critique her I, I, I also thought that he did stand, he seemed to stand his ground. Yeah, a little bit for oh. like, what, two seconds Yeah, like. and then she came I'm, in I'm and thinking, sang like a the sort of ladies like through <laughs> that, that one <laughs> And like he well, was swayed. Yeah. Uh, no, look. I'm, I'm thinking, I was thinking like bigger yeah. picture in the sense of like mm. he was like, this is what I believe in. Here is what yeah. I want to do to help mm. Emma specifically. And he's mm. like, and I'm not backing down. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't think like he's lovely, 
and I think he'll be walked over a little bit, but I don't think he's a complete pushover. Yeah, we're making really sweeping claims about this man. (laughs) (laughs) Barely know anything about him. No, you're right. He's definitely, he's standing his ground, and uh, even after the lady's improving, he doesn't immediately forgive her. Mm. Uh, It's like at least the next scene. (laughs) (laughs) It's at least 30 seconds. That breathing space, you know. Going back to his relationship with Dee Dee, I just, I really wish that we could just have a relationship between a man and a woman that didn't lead to, like, romantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's just, they could have easily just been friends. He could have helped her as a friend. Yeah, and be like, oh my god, I'm a big fan. I'll befriend you. It's been you. my lifelong I dream think. to meet you, and yeah. now I get to be your friend and help you be a better person. Yes, please. Hmm. I think one love story in a movie is enough. I don't want another one. Well, I have some bad news about the movie Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> You are going to hate that movie. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry Christmas. It was just, in a movie that is meant to focus on the relationship between two girls, to have a boring straight relationship in it, just really is like, come on, can we not, can we just not detract from the main event? I feel like that relationship could have been... Like served its exact purpose in the plotline without it having to be romantic. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. In a shocking turn of events, men and women with complementary sexualities don't necessarily have to be attracted to one another. I, I know. Let's talk about activism. As a general concept. <laughs> Did you just shake your head? I hate activism. <gasps> hate it. Wouldn't write multiple cabarets about it. No, wouldn't no. have a podcast where that was the center focus of it. Absolutely not. I've no. always said that to people. Like, you know, Millicent Sark hates activism. Hates it. Hates it. Hates it. Just wants to mind her own business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to keep in her lane. <laughs> Stick to the status quo, I say. You you turned off High School Musical halfway through. You got to the end of that song. He's like, yep, that's the message um, I'm taking from yeah. this. And that's it. Happily ever after. Everyone stuck to you know what they know best. Yep. yep. Call it a day. <laughs> um, we were talking before we started recording about this idea of Emma not wanting to be an activist. And I think it's such an important talking point and something that's like not discussed in or like represented enough in media. Hmm. I relate very heavily to Emma in that regard. Like at the beginning of um, "I Just Want to Dance with You," her, you know, the the love song mm. of the of the movie, um, it literally starts with "I don't want to start a riot. I don't want to blaze a trail. Um, I I don't want to be a scapegoat. I like I just want to be me. I just want to mm-hmm. dance with you. I just want to be with you." And like I relate to that so heavily. I I struggle with activism. I'll be honest in that. I. I'm not good at going to protests. I'm not good at like rallies. Uh, I'll sign a petition if I can oh, do it from, yeah, from the comfort of my own home. But my anxiety is so bad that I don't deal with big crowds mm. that well. And just, I just, I just want to be me. Mm. You know, I unapologetically, I don't want to have to fight for who I am. Mm. And neither does Emma. She just, she's just who she is. She doesn't want to have to fight to be that she just gay folks are tired we're tired y'all it's like 
every day we have to explain ourselves to people and mm. um, and explain why it's fine that we can just love who we want to love mm. and it's just constantly as a gay person you're aware that everybody's looking at you you're something else to mm. them and uh, we're not at a point in our society yet where gay people can just exist and it's exhausting and Emma's tired and she just wants to take her girlfriend to prom and dance with her and I'm tired because I don't want to have to explain myself to my mother like you know what I mean yeah. Just leave yeah. us the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you're gay, uh, there is this expectation that you're going to like fight for mm. that you're going mm. to mm. that you're going to go out to the protests and rallies because mm. you want to fight for who you are. You want to mm. fight for your rights, dude. I just want to be me. Mm. <laughs> I just want to live. I just want to be happy. I just want the life that you all have, mm. but with a girlfriend. I want uh, really good straight allies to go and fight for me, and I'm gonna watch from home. <laughs> Mim, Mim Sar is now my gay proxy. <laughs> <laughs> you do my activism for me now. Happily. Happily. Cheers, babe. Yeah. <laughs> Mim no easily does the activism for like four people. She's got us. Oh, cool, cool. I've just got a bed now. You're great, you're sorted. Check out. <laughs> Um, I, I guess it's the difference. Like Emma in the story doesn't want to be like a representative yeah. of her sexuality. She just wants mm. to exist the same way that her straight friends mm. exist. Yeah, no one really wants to be a martyr, mm. and she's kind of forced into it. Yeah, almost like the whole like second act of the movie is just like getting Emma in front of so many people so she can tell her story and mm. you know show how like this is so much injustice happening mm. in this little town in indiana and that she doesn't want all that she does eventually do it uh she gets talked up to do it <laughs> with a little bit of zazz <laughs> and then she song. sings the most boring song in the oh, show God, she sings the most i'm boring. so sorry unruly heart you know into unruly heart i think that when i've heard like the studio version of the Broadway recording that's really stunning. I think they made it really boring in the movie. When the bed came away from the walls. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason. Oh my god. Fantasy just, surrealism yeah. at its yes. best. Um, <laughs> then everybody watching it on their phones were spinning as well. And they're all just like crying and singing along and we're in the cinema going, skip. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Like, I get it. If that's meant to be the emotional part of the movie where mm. she is unafraid to be who she is, she is actually standing up, she's doing something about it. Um, she's even doing she, it her way. She's doing yeah. it her way. She didn't want to do it, but she decided to do it if she did it the way she wanted to do it, yeah. which is apparently through song but am I really surprised it's a musical it is a musical and I do love in that sequence seeing queer folk mm. feeling represent diverse queer yeah. folk absolutely yeah. yeah diverse queer folk yeah. very and important also at the queer prom at the end I mm. was like oh mm. so many <laughs> tears I was crying I was like oh. queer people it was, it was um, so it wholesome yeah. really really it's wholesome. so awesome mm. I want to go to gay prom I'm pretty sure Adelaide actually does what the, the yeah. feast. Um, oh. I have a friend who has been to a couple of them because they were have like just finished high school. Take me to prom. 
I, I feel like it's a high school thing. Uh, there, uh, there is, but also like if, if you guys well. want to sneak in, like I would. I, I do think that. it is uh, like early twenties. Oh my god, cute. I think it is yeah. Yeah. I'm though. Sure. Because like, like we left high school, we obviously couldn't go to prom with our uh, with who we wanted. My school didn't care. Oh my god, do you have? Did you want to tell your respective prom stories? Oh my, can we all share our respective prom stories? Mine's f- Give it some sass. Fucking hit and boring. Yeah, mine, that's true. mine's pretty boring. Okay, well, I, I don't know. My actual formal was in itself boring, but what was interesting, I went to an all girls school, a private, elite all girls school. Religiously so, affiliated? Uh, they said they were. Uh, they pick, they pick and choose when they want to be. Uh, um, uh. But uh, there was a rumor uh, that went around my school uh, regarding formal that if you wanted to take a girl, you had to sign a form saying you were a lesbian, which is just obviously a lie, isn't it? Like there is no way. I feel like I heard that rumor. <laughs> like I feel like there was that rumor at my high school as well. Really? Like is this? Is this just a widespread rumor? I don't know. Maybe Maybe just all kids are cruel. Yeah. (laughs) No matter which school you go to. Yeah. Um, Homophobia is everywhere. Yay. (laughs) Um, But no, that was that was a rumor that went around, and I we had two formals. Year eleven, my formal was like boring. I went with one of my best friends. Um, He was awesome. I don't think I wasn't out at that point. But during year 12, I was out as bisexual um, by the end of it. At the beginning, I knew I had feelings that I was like into girls, um, but hadn't quite processed it yet. By the way, I'm not bisexual. That was a lie. Um, (laughs) You can change your mind. Just uh, for everyone Mm. out there, uh, it is okay to be wrong. Um, But no, I... My formal was at the beginning of the year. I had a feeling I was into girls. I didn't quite know what to do about it. And I heard that rumor and it scared me. Mm. I was like, well, now I definitely can't go with a girl. I definitely can't go with the person that I've had a crush on for three years now. Um, I guess I have to find a boy. Um, And I did. And he was lovely. Uh, But the night could have been a lot different if that rumor wasn't a thing. Mm. It's not true. (laughs) You can absolutely go to formal with someone of the same gender. Mm. Even if you're not out, like, people will just assume you're friends. That's a blessing of the gal pal uh, atrocity. Um, People will just automatically assume you're friends. My formal story is not, like, um, crazy like M's, but uh, I lived in a small town. Our school was really small. And it was a Lutheran school, so... I don't know if they thought much about it, uh, but they really wanted numbers because our school was really small. Like our school, like it was already a year 11, 12 combined formal. Right. Um, because if you just had year 12s, it would have, it was like 30 people. Um, so we combined year 11s and 12s and then people were like encouraged to bring dates to like fill it out. Um, so like people bought, brought friends and gay people brought partners. And I think the school just assumed everybody was friends because so many people brought friends. And like, oh, yeah. ticket revenue, how long? Ticket revenue. The other way that this film addresses activism is with the Broadway stars who are being very performative mm. as people from Broadway <laughs> well, are wont to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, very early on. You can't spell activism without act. Meryl Streep says, we're doing a great thing here. We are being great people. <laughs> um, and then goes on to say, you know how political the Tonys are and my reputation needs a boost. All of this goodwill we will get from this will wash me clean. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And That's... then she has her big number, which, don't get me wrong, oh. I freaking love. It's incredible. Um, but one of the lyrics is LGBT something. Um, she refers to like the letters mm. and then goes, oh, I've been too busy to look up what those letters mean. Yeah. Oh, I is love the lyric. And then she says, I read three quarters of a news story and knew I had to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really like the writing for that character. The whole yeah. time mm. I'm sitting there being like, was this based on a Broadway actress or is it an amalgamation of multiple people? Because I want to <laughs> place bets on who they would be yeah. taking cues from. Yeah. Like a little bit of Patty the Pwn's got to be in it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but, actually, absolutely. Mm. Uh, the yeah. mobile phone going off in the theater. Yeah, that was yeah. why I thought 100% it was Patty. Patty yeah, no, I'm pretty yeah. sure Dee Dee Allen was actually based off of Patty LaPone. Good. A little bit. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I read uh, three quarters of a article <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure that's what yeah. I gleaned from that. Yeah. But the, the motives behind the Broadway actors going there in the first place has kind of nothing to do with the cause or writing some injustice. It's all about, mm. we want to get good press so that Absolutely. our careers will yeah. be successful. And they're kind of going about being activists in the entirely wrong way. They've mm. been accused of being narcissists, so they choose to combat that by being narcissists. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 2020, and they're aware of the fact that uh, these days in the media, it does you much better to be good than to be a diva. Mm. Um, and that's it. I mean, I think a lot of celebrities uh, use activism as a tool to uh, gain younger audiences and to wash themselves clean mm. of all the bad shit they've done in the past. I think it's very telling of a, a very real issue. Mm. Mm. However, yeah, when we like see it, criti- when we see mm. it like on in the film, and they like do this, and then they kind of like it kind of peters out, and they do actually start to care mm. about it. Mm. Does that actually send the message that performative activism is something wrong, mm. or is it a fake it till you make it kind of deal? Yeah, yeah. I mean. Mm. Activism is not wrong. Mm. Like, caring about an issue is a good thing. And I guess if you're faking it, but then along the way you figure it out, then, yeah, you might have gone about it with the wrong intentions, but, like, you got there. Yeah. Well done. The Mm. more people on the right side, the better. Like, is it... If you set out to do something and you achieve net good in Mm. the world... Does it matter what your intentions were in the beginning? Or is the fact that you actually did some good worth it and makes it okay? That's a thinker. That's like that's like really one of those like um like problems that you just like philosophers will just sit there and yeah. think about. Right? I feel like yeah, if I was like, a Christian, I'd be like, God knows your intention. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I feel like it's unrealistic to think that there is such thing as a purely altruistic act. Yeah. Like, mm. you do good stuff and you're like, yes, I know this is good, but also it makes me feel good yeah, to know you, that you I'm doing something that's good. You can't control that dopamine good. rush. Yeah. Like, yeah. That dopamine mm. hits your... Yeah. Yeah. right yeah. over the head. And all of them 
learnt their lessons yeah. along the way. I'm not sure if Andrew Reynolds learnt a lesson. Andrew Reynolds is perfect. He didn't need to learn a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> the man went to Juilliard. Leave uh, him alone. He became a music teacher. <laughs> he did. Um, I would like to tell two anecdotes about two things that happened in the cinema when we and our friends were the only people in the cinema watching mm-hmm. this film. Every time that Andrew Reynolds made a joke about... Well, no, it wasn't a joke. It was just like, I went to Juilliard. Um, because that was his entire personality in the film. <laughs> um, I would like yell across... I would heckle Ellis across the cinema and be like, it's like how Ellis went to NIDA! <laughs> uh, which he didn't appreciate. Although he did a little bit. Because yeah. it meant that I was mentioning that he went to NIDA. Um, <laughs> Ellis, you went to NIDA? Stop it. I don't like to bring it up. <laughs> but also the part where um, Andrew Reynolds was like... I'll just be your drama teacher now. Or like the kids said that. Um, my boyfriend who is like currently studying his master's to be able to be a teacher, you know, with accreditation was like, that is that would not happen. <laughs> he does not have a teaching degree. No. That is not acceptable. He was so mad. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was yeah. so funny. Uh. Yeah. Um, also, just every comment that Andrew Reynolds made about, like, you don't have a drama program? Oh, no wonder there's no empathy in this town. <laughs> <I was laughs> like, this is speaking to my soul. God, I love him. <laughs> I want to be him. Yeah. Is that okay? There's a reason oh. that M is Andrew Reynolds on the cover art. Yeah. yeah. This I episode. want to be him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, closing thoughts, friends? Zaz. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I, we, we've joked about it the whole time. I feel like Nicole Kidman's character is really superfluous Very. to the whole narrative, and mm. you could have taken her out and replaced what she did, split it between Andrew Reynolds and James Corden, and it would have actually made the film stronger because the relationship between Emma and James Corden would have been a lot more solid. So when you have moments where Emma's like, I would like you to be my date to the prom, mm. actually carry way more weight than they currently do because apparently Nicole Kidman is her best friend, but sh- she didn't get asked to the prom. Mm. You're right. They really should have been combined. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the fact that it's split into two characters was just like unnecessary and mm. it's such a huge cast in the first place. What do you need another yeah. one for? <laughs> and like Nicole Kidman was great she's Amazing. Nicole Kidman yeah. but such a useless character mm. such a useless character but who would bring the Zaz <laughs> <laughs> I was stoked to watch a queer story and it be happy and fun and mm. normalised that two women loved each other and it wasn't like I mean like the storyline was like that everyone felt like it was the end of the world but like it was a good thing yeah. The day it wasn't, it I wasn't was, the end of the world. Yeah, like it was, it was just okay. It was a fun musical theatre piece about gay women, and yes. I had a good time. Also, just some serious bops. Oh, like whoever came up with that that lyric, that rhyme, they were like, oh, <laughs> we God, did that's it. Good. You deserve all the we money did you it. received for that. <laughs> um, Bigger tree's not big of me. Oh, <laughs> it's no, that was a good, big of you. <laughs> that, I, I really liked that line. This is, this is another installment of Ellis thought the score was fine. But that line, excellent. <laughs> Phenomenal writing. Um, 
Yeah, very simple lyrics, but like, oh, that song actually goes on for so much longer than it does. <laughs> they cut out so much yeah. of that song, and like James, like James Corden actually like sung his bit in the song, even though he's not singing it in um, the film. And his all, all his lyrics are "Except me, <laughs> except me," and like that's it. That's all he sings. He must sing that over and over again. <laughs> what? <so> anyway, <laughs> iconic. Uh, um, fam, does. The prom passed the Bechdel test. Yes. Surely. Because, you know, there's yeah. some lesbian characters. So Both even, named. Yeah. Even if they, you know, are talking about their romantic partner, yeah. it's not a man. Yeah, not a man. <laughs> they also, also they talk have... about so much other We don't talk about men a lot in this musical. I don't hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Refreshing. Yeah. And the men that we do bring up are, like, positive examples of masculinity. So, yeah. hell yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's quite wholesome, isn't it? It, yeah. was, it was a wholesome film. Like I, wholesome. I sat there, I, I thought that it was wonderful to see mm. a, a very wholesome queer storyline mm. just on the big screen. I'm like, this is, more mm. things like this should exist, please. I truly had a good time. I, I had so much fun. Yeah. And that really, at the end of the day, isn't that what it's all about? Aww. A young <laughs> teenager who was a lesbian and in musical theatre is going to watch this and she's going to see herself mm. and that's going to be important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all that matters. That's right. <laughs> Representation is everything. Yeah, absolutely. Is it perfect? No. No. Is anything perfect? No. 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 Yeah. Did we have fun? I had a great time. Absolutely. We were bopping along in our chairs almost the entire movie. I have <laughs> so many more thoughts that we have not even covered. Do we have episode 2.0? <laughs> can, we, can we do like a lightning round? <laughs> okay, lightning round. Thoughts, right, lightning, M. Round. Uh, lightning round. It was not cool of Dee Dee Allen to call Barry's parents. Uh, that was not on. Do not do that to people. Let them come to terms with stuff on their own. Set their own boundaries, yeah. Set their own boundaries. Pairing the two black sidekick characters were boring. Uh, I'm going around the circle. Like, do you have one? I don't have a lightning round. You, you have to come up with one. Um... A bucket of wigs! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gay as a bucket of wigs! A bucket of them! <laughs> I loved all of the um, none of our leads can dance choreography. So there was lots of just like walking in time and linking our arms together. All of that, brilliant. Yeah. Um, you could see uh, that Alyssa was like getting cold feet about coming out, um, but definitely felt pressures like she had to throughout the like, beginning of the movie. Mm. Like, de- like, look into that. There is subcontext there. Mm. It definitely shows that. Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris should have played Barry. I can see that. I feel like he would have been very good. He would have been... Neil Patrick and Harris could have, <laughs> could have actually done the choreography. Yeah. He could have yeah. choreographed it. Could you imagine it? Neil Patrick Harris just dancing his mm. ass off in that role? That said, I did like the fact that, like, James Corden is a larger man, and the fact mm. that one of the leads was a larger man and at no point was it kind of like drawn attention to or made a big deal of. I like the fact that that was normalised. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. James Corden wants to be included and that's fine. (laughs) Why was Emma singing Just Breathe while swimming in a pool? What was the point of that? That was stupid. We have a theory that it's just to show off the boys' bods. Yeah. Uh, In that scene, just so they had a reason to be shirtless. Uh, Didi at one point 
uh, calls themselves cultural disruptors, which I love that title. Ooh, that's nice. Yeah, I, I want to like put that, that on a business card. I want to be MP Weber, cultural disruptor. <laughs> I trust that. Love it. Love it. Sam, do we write or ruin the prom? Write it. I absolutely write it. Write it. I write it as well. Mm. Yeah, I really. Love how it. how high can I write it? <laughs> um, it takes a lot of boxes. It's mm. it's got great representation of women, mm-hmm. great representation of queer people, mm-hmm. great and representation queer of queer women. Not so much queer men, but um, hey, no one's yeah. perfect. But also, um, my favorite term that I have learned recently is gaytriarchy. <laughs> like the idea that in the representation of queerness and in the queer community that there's still very much a hierarchy where mm. you know gay men are at the top of the yeah. pecking order mm. so I'm like you know what yeah they can have a seat for this film yeah make more queer movies yes please yeah. Hollywood <laughs> if you're out there <laughs> if you're listening make more queer movies queers will buy tickets to go see them I don't yeah. know why you're scared <laughs> um, we love queer of content feminism ruins everything Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Number one listener, Hollywood. Yeah. Um, um, and Neil Patrick Harris, apparently. And Neil Patrick yeah. Harris. Yeah. Um, I hope not Nicole Kidman, because we basically roasted her character. Saying that I'll she do Nicole Kidman. Nicole Kidman was great. Nicole Kidman's great. Nicole Kidman's oh, the very character good. was just... Also, you know what, you know what she gave that character? Zaz. Also, I like that of the four Broadway actors, of the actors portraying them, two of them were non-American. And one of them... Did a successful American yeah. accent. She did I forgot sound she like was she Australian. Yeah, she's one of them. Yeah, she can right off the set of Chicago with that accent. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I've run out of thoughts. Finally, right. finally run Ellis, out of thoughts. Ellis, would you like to do the social media plug, my friend? Now that we have rated the prom, I rate it so highly. I I can't. Do Do you want me to do it like really, kind of like you know? Whatever, or should I give it some zazz? Because you can give us some zazz uh, on Facebook. You can check us out. We are Feminism Ruins Everything. Dash, it's a feminist podcast. You can also give us some zazz over on the Instagrams. We are at Feminism Ruins Everything Pod. Or if you've listened to this and you're like, hey, I would like to support you financially and with zazz, you can go to patreon.com/slash Feminism Ruins Everything Pod. Damn straight. Did I do it? Is that everything? Yeah. Also, there are some good outtakes from this episode. <laughs> Subscribe so to their Patreon just for the hilarity of what happened uh. backstage. <laughs> Truly. I want to say big old thank you to our darling friends, Em and Kirsty for being gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also being really lovely, opinionated people who come on our podcast and make us laugh and smile and yeah. fill us Aww. with insightful thoughts. Truly. Bless. Thanks for having us. <laughs> You're, thank you for coming to our house. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for having us. Yeah. On the podcast, Feminism Ruins Everything. Feminism. Feminism. Feminism Ruins Everything. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.